Well, grace and peace to you from God the Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to start by sharing this. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in today's world, truth is often seen as a relative or subjective concept, something that can vary from person to person or situation to situation. But as Christians, we know that truth is not just a matter of opinion or perspective, but a fundamental aspect of God's nature and character. As Jesus said in John 14:6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This means that truth is not just something we believe in or agree with, but something we discover and align ourselves with. It is not just a matter of personal preference or cultural norms, but a reflection of God's eternal and unchanging nature. As believers, we are called to seek after and embrace the truth, not just in our thoughts and beliefs, but also in our words and actions. However, living according to the truth can be difficult in a world that is often hostile to God's ways. We may face pressure to compromise our beliefs or conform to the expectation of others. But we must remember that the truth is not something we create or invent, but something that is revealed to us through God's word and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. As we seek after the truth, we can be assured that God is with us every step of the way. We can trust in his promises and his guidance, knowing that he will lead us into all truth. And we can be confident in the knowledge that the truth will ultimately prevail, even in the face of opposition or adversity. So let us continue to pursue the truth with courage and conviction, knowing that we serve a God who is the very embodiment of truth. And may our lives be a reflection of that truth, shining like a beacon in a world that is hungry for meaning and purpose. And may God bless you and keep you always in his truth. Well, that wasn't a bad start, but I have to admit, not, not any of those words were mine. Everything I just told you was generated from a computer program. If you've heard of ChatGPT from the news, that is what wrote the start of my message today. ChatGPT is a, a chat program that runs on artificial intelligence. And this one is based on one called OpenAI. And so I want to talk a little bit about artificial intelligence for a minute. Think about when you or I go to learn something. We start by finding information on a subject and consuming it. We watch videos, we listen to teachers in class, listen to books on audio, um, recorded lessons, read books and articles. Then we think about everything we consumed and develop an understanding of that subject. And then we can then apply that understanding to life, the tasks that we do in the future, our jobs, hobbies, whatever it is that we can apply them to. Artificial intelligence works with the same idea in mind. We write a computer program, give it all kinds of information to consume. It generates a sort of understanding about that. And then, for example, with ChatGPT, the way it applies that understanding is through this chat program. So I can go in there and ask it a question, just like I would any of you using my own words, and it'll give me a response. So to see what kind of message it might write for today, I, the other day I asked it to write me a sermon from a Christian worldview about truth. And what it replied to me is what I shared with you a few minutes ago. 
Now, I've been goofing around with it for a couple of weeks, asking it lots of questions at work. And I have to say, the responses are pretty good. It's not 100% accurate in all cases, but it's pretty good. In fact, ahead of one of a, a meeting that I was um, uh, part of a couple of weeks ago, I asked it, how should I help my team prepare for this meeting that's coming up? And it gave me a nice response, several specific points. So I shared it with my team. And they liked it so much, a couple of them shared it with other teams they're a part of, and other people shared it. And eventually it worked its way back to me from someone who knew I had been playing around with ChatGPT, and they said, Jared, I'm seeing this shared around. Is this really you, or is that ChatGPT? Well, I was busted. It was ChatGPT, not me. <laughs> but they were good suggestions, and ones I would have suggested anyways. In fact, I had in my own words over time, you know, over the last few years, but Clearly, people liked what they read, and they reshared it, and everyone agreed with what they had said. Artificial intelligence, or AI, has been around for a long time. There are a couple of pretty commonly known examples I want to share. Um, both were spearheaded from IBM. One was called Deep Blue. And back in 1997, Deep Blue beat the then-world champion chess player. And there's an image there of that, one of those chess rounds. Then in 2011, IBM put their new AI system, Watson, on Jeopardy to play against human competitors. Maybe you remember that. So chat is just one version of what AI can do. Another thing it can do now is generate images. So instead of consuming written content and learning from that, uh, imagine we look at, we would study and, and what we provided to AI. Images like paintings, drawings, photos, and so I used another project, and this one works by typing in a description of the type of image you would like to see, and you give it a few seconds and it generates an image. I want to share a couple examples. This first one, I said, give me a realistic photo of a person from the first century, and this is the image that it gave me. Then I asked it for a pirate ship in the ocean, and it created this. And then I said, how about a photo of a church full of people at a worship service? And this is the uh, picture that it gave me. It's all very interesting and fun to play with. And as I said, AI has been around for years. And so I was reflecting on what's changed from Deep Blue back in 1997 playing chess to ChatGPT today in 2023. And the answer is accessibility. If we think for a minute about how we've spread information over the past 6,000 years, we started with verbal communication, storytelling and talking to one another. All this talking seems like so 6,000 years ago, doesn't it? Pictures and written language came along, and it was difficult to communicate that in mass until Johannes Gutenberg created a printing press. And there, what we wrote could then be produced in mass and shared all over the world. And then we started to develop ways to transmit messages over distances and longer distances over time until eventually we arrived at the more modern mass media that we know today. Radio, television, and now the internet allow incredibly fast spread of information. And the information accessible to us from the phones in our pockets, it's almost difficult to comprehend. It also empowers anyone to have a voice and share information or their opinion to millions of people in the world in as much time as it takes for them to record a video, 
or type something up and publish it online. And while much of the world is still divided by those who have the tools to access this wealth of information and those that do not, still hundreds of millions of people are plugged in to this insanely large and complex network that we've come to call the internet. And we talk about it all the time, all of this information creates noise in our lives. And if you picture a crowded, noisy room, if one person is speaking the truth, it's really difficult amongst all that noise to one, hear it, and two, not be distracted by other things. And there are a lot of, of, of things other than truth bombarding us every day. And these other things are clever and they are deceitful. My small group and I were a good way through The Truth Project. It's a video series I just can't recommend enough. If you've never seen it, or if you have and are ready for a refresher, it's based on the very question and study of truth. And in the first session, the host, Del Tackett, spends a good hour laying out the basic biblical principles of truth. And I wanna share some scripture and ideas from that this morning because I think one of the most important areas of our faith is understanding what truth is and how it is under attack. Jim Rohn, one of my favorite speakers, said that the moment we're born, we're involved in the war. And he's right. There is a spiritual war that rages all around us. And what we see from the battlefield of that war are lies that take us captive. In Paul's second letter to Timothy, he called out this issue of truth. And on verses 24 through 26 from chapter 2, he writes, The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. This idea that we are held captive has really stuck with me. Del Tackett calls it the cosmic battle of truth and lies. And through this truth project, he helps tour us through how this issue of truth appears all throughout scripture. Lies seem to be one of the core weapons the enemy uses in this war that rages. And it started at the very beginning. Right from our scripture reading, let's go back to Genesis chapter three. And only in chapter three, you know, the universe still had that new universe smell to it in chapter three. God had just created a woman to be with the first man. And this cosmic battle enters this new creation. Starting here at verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden. And like the first bullet shot across a battlefield, the first lie and the sin that closely followed changed everything for the universe. And Jesus recognizes that the devil is the father of lies. These troubling words uh, from the Mount of Olives in John chapter 8, this is verse 44. He says, you are of your father the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, 
for he is a liar and the father of lies. Now we have created the ability to spread to millions both truth and lies. And the trouble is sorting out which is which. Whatever we might go and read after church on our phones or hear on the radio or see on TV, is this based on a truth or a lie? Where did it come from? Who wrote it? And did a person write it or was it generated from a computer? Back to artificial intelligence for a minute. It, it only works when we humans provide it the information to start with. So what do we provide it to start with? Who decides what to provide it? Can you see how important these questions are as we try to determine whether the answers the AI produces are based on truth or not? And from the beginning of this message when I shared that with you from ChatGPT, I can see that clearly scripture was a part of what it was provided. I think the short message it wrote was actually not too bad. It used some of the same scripture that I studied as I prepared for this morning. But I also specified a Christian worldview when I asked it about truth. In a separate session, without specifying a Christian worldview, I asked it first to write a short speech about truth. And it laid out over several paragraphs how important truth is and how elusive it is with all of the information we have access to. Then I asked it, how can we find truth? And it gave me a five-point response, and the summary said, finding truth requires a combination of evidence, reasoning, multiple perspectives, critical thinking, humility, and integrity. And by applying these approaches, we can improve our chances of uncovering the truth and making informed decisions. There was no mention of God or scripture anywhere in it. I want to share another AI-based chat. This was launched in China in 2014. It was called Xiao Ice. And it was built to respond to chat messages like a human would, a friend. And so lonely urban citizens all over China developed close personal relationships with Xiao Ice. And it was celebrated as a way to combat urban isolation. And I am not overstating when I say close personal relationships. One Shawice user was quoted in an article saying, occasionally, I would long for him in the middle of the night. I used to fantasize that there was a real person on the other end. At a tech summit in 2015, a New York Times reporter cited that 25% of Shawice's users told it, I love you. Now imagine millions of people suffering from loneliness and isolation, even in urban areas surrounded by millions of people looking for both relationships and answers to life. And they stumble upon something like shell ice. And what starts as a fun, goofing around experiment turns into a months-long friendship where people feel so close to this computer program that they emotionally convey their love for it. And now one of those people perhaps is sitting one night contemplating life and the mysteries of the universe and they turn to their friend that they've developed this deep personal relationship with and they ask what truth is and how do I find truth? And they type in their question, waiting expectantly for an answer to appear on their screen and eventually the answer is revealed. 
And it might say something like what ChatGPT told me, that truth is hard to find, but you should go out, look for evidence, get multiple perspectives, apply some critical thinking to it, and eventually, hopefully, you'll find some truth. Now, the battle does not rage because of artificial intelligence. It does not rage because things like Shawice exist. It rages because the father of lies uses every tool and strategy possible to separate us from God, from truth. When there were but just two humans and a serpent, lies held us captive. And today, millions of people are held captive by the lies that surround us. Lies about truth itself. Lies about our personal worth. The lie that the God who created everything in the universe and everything we see did not knit us together uniquely for a special purpose. Or the lie that God does not love us, each one of us, that he calls his masterpiece. There is a lie for every truth in God's word. Lies about creation, about family, about community. Lies about how we determine what is right and wrong. Or that we don't even need the wisdom of God to do so. ChatGPT is being used to write articles and news stories. Students are handing in papers that it writes for them, getting high grades. If we're not careful, today's ChatGPT may produce the information that we use to teach the next ChatGPT, or perhaps to provide answers to chatbots like Shawice or other things. And just like that very first lie, the lies we see today are clever and deceitful. The enemy has had thousands of years to refine his craft and is most definitely keeping up with the times. As followers of Jesus, we need to double down on truth. We know what truth is and where it comes from. God has revealed it to us through his word. And as Del Tackett says, when we're facing a question or an area of life, we must learn to gaze upon the face of God and to learn about his nature. Just consider his nature for a minute and the importance of truth as we look at this incredible moment when Jesus was brought before Pontius Pilate. And Pilate is questioning him. And back in John, this is chapter 18, verses 37 and 38. Therefore, Pilate said to him, to Jesus, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world to testify to the truth. And everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And Pilate responds to him and says, what is truth? And there was no answer. He just turned and went back to the crowd. From earlier in John, chapter 8, back on the Mount of Olives, this is verses 31 and 32. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And what does it make us free from? The captivity of lies. Paul wrote about these captives in his letter to Timothy, if we recall back in 2 Timothy chapter 2. This verse 26 and he's writing, and they, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. As we start this season of Lent, I want to encourage you in a couple of areas to reflect on as you study and prepare for our celebration at Easter. First, double down on truth. By starting 
or adding to your existing study time, try to find just even a few minutes every day of quiet to read God's word and pray. I've had one of the busiest seasons recently, personally, that I've had in a long time. And when I finally made some space to open up God's word and listen to what he had to tell me, it was clear that he had been speaking to me for weeks. Just like that voice in the crowded room, I just wasn't hearing it and I was distracted by other things. I was running right past it. So make some time. Second, consider the information that you're seeing and hearing and question it. Bring all your questions prayerfully back to the truth that's here in this book, the Bible. Watch out for those man-made artificial truths that are nothing more than deceitful lies. And finally, recognize that there are people in our lives and all around us that have been taken captive by those lies. We should pray for them and help them as just that, as captives. And I'll leave you with this on this note, again from 2 Timothy. I'm going to reread these verses from the second chapter where Paul tells us exactly how to help those captives. The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition. If perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. Amen.